Happy Sunday and welcome to Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, here to provide you with your favorite way to start the week. Every Sunday, we explore new topics and dive into conversations that matter and some that truly do not. Tune in each week to smile, learn something new, and join your favorite brunch gang. Let's get into it. What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday and welcome back to the Brunch with Desby podcast. I'm your host, Des, also known as Desby. And the B stands for background. As you guys see, if you're watching on YouTube, which, hey, the podcast is on YouTube now, I put up a background this past week. And let me tell you, it was a little bit rough to put up. Like, if you look really close, it's not looking that good. But I did my best. Okay, I really did. I swear to God, like whenever I do peel and stick wallpaper, I for real want to kind of like throw myself down a hill and I question why I do it and then I order it again. So it's actually really counteractive. However, I did put this up myself. I got it on Amazon. We'll link. (laughs) However, I do love it a lot. It looks cute. I'm kind of in between needing someone to come out and paint it or not. The ideal situation is I'm going to have a muralist come and paint it. But honestly, I just don't really know if that is... Like, is that my vibe? Like, is this my vibe? I don't know. I'd be curious what you guys have to say if you're listening to this or watching it, I should say, on YouTube. This is kind of brand new for me being on YouTube. So I'm very excited to be bringing the podcast to life. However, it's a little bit different because although I usually sit at my desk and talk, it's a little bit different to like look into a camera kind of while speaking. So I'm still getting used to it. And also my phone was not on Do Not Disturb. So that's awkward. Who's blowing me up? (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about all things fat loss, a little bit of ranting, a little bit of everything. I'm excited because if you guys are listening right now, Six Weeks to Shreds is available to join. Now, this is my six-week challenge. We focus on fat loss education. And hear that again, education in fat loss, okay? This is not like a get ripped quick. Hey, that's kind of a good tagline, to be honest. We'll put that on a t-shirt, get ripped quick. It's not really like that, okay? It's it's the idea that, yes, if you want to do fat loss and that's your goal, like you're going to be in the community and the coaching guidance in order to do it. But if your goal is something else, this is still very much used for that as well. So I want to make that very clear. We, we kind of run in this calendar every year where we have three challenges, six weeks to slay, six weeks to shreds, and then six weeks to strength. Each challenge, we focus on a different pillar of education, if you want to call it, right? So today, Trainer Des is coming out, and we're talking all things fitness, wellness, health, fat loss, body recomposition, everything that you need to know, as well as shitting on your guys' favorite 75 hard. And I say that very lightly because I made a video last week about why people should stop doing 75 hard. And you, you guys have to realize, when people make videos, not just myself, anyone, we do it with the intention of sparking some form of conversation, right? If you are not willing to stand up for something and have some engagement under that video that maybe doesn't agree with you, you're not posting the right content, right? So it's a kind of controversial topic in the fitness industry of like whether you like 75 hard or not. Why that is, I don't know. Like, I don't know why we have to be one side or the other. It's like, you can like it and also respect the people that might not like it. Like it doesn't make you better. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So I say it lightly when in reality, if that's what you choose to do, if that's what transformed your life, if that's what kickstarted your fitness journey, like I want you to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's on you. Anyways, we're going to talk about it further, right? But as always, I like to chat in the beginning of my podcast. So if you are new here and you have not been a part of the Brunch with Desby gang, we talk for the first 40 minutes. We talk for the last 20 You know what I mean? Like we chat for 40 and then we talk about the topic for 20. (laughs) That just seems to be our ratio. Not really. I have gotten better. However, first and foremost, if you guys have not streamed or listened to the last two episodes of Brunch with Desby, you have to go do it. Okay. Because I've put these on YouTube. I'm really proud of myself. I don't have time to like create shorts and like do all this like extra stuff, even like on the Instagram. However, I'm really proud of myself for what I've been doing. Okay. So there's two things I want to get out of the way. First and foremost, If you are watching, you guys see my new hydro jug. It might be catching your eye. You might be like, what's that pink thing? What's pink on your little side table? It is my brand new hydro jug. I didn't put the strap on it, but this is my shaker in the pink ombre. And then my new hydro jug sleeve. 
I do not have a release release date on these yet. I just got them in the mail the other day. I was like, you're coming home with me. You're coming home with me. Look how cute it is. It has like flowers and strawberries. It's pink. I need a drink, by the way. It does usually come with like a pink straw. I just can't find mine. So I put in like a little metal straw, which makes my water colder anyway. Two things we need to knock out of the part right away is number one, you don't usually see my hair slicked back. This is not a look for me. I feel like I look like a boy and I don't like it. Okay. I'm usually really insecure. Fun fact, when I was born, I was actually vacuumed out of the womb because I was stuck in the birth canal and the cord was wrapped around my neck. You can say I was kinky from the start. I'm just playing. Okay. But the cord was wrapped around my neck and they had to pull me out. And I swear to God, it created a cone head. My point is I hate my widow's peak and I hate my cone head, but I did find something that you guys will like. This is the snt, S-N-T-E, the snt, snitty, snit, hair wax stick, moisturizing and styling. Only small amount is needed and hair becomes soft and shiny. Now I wouldn't say soft and shiny, but what it does do is it flicks down these little postpartum hairs. So if you are someone who struggles with baby hairs, flyaways, whatever, especially postpartum breakage, bitch, Put this all around your scalp. This is on my Amazon storefront. I'll link it below. And I'm again, transparency. If you buy it, I probably make 20 cents. Like this isn't something that's going to like, I'm not pitching you on something that I'm making massive commission on. Okay. But I'm going to put it in my Amazon store. Okay. And you should do the same. You would do the same for a check. You know what I mean? (laughs) So this hair wax stick really transformed my life this past week. I've gone so long without buying it. I don't know why. Maybe I was just like, I don't think I need it. I don't think I what would I use it for? Like, I don't really slick my hair back, but now I get this and I'm like, I understand why I've never slicked my hair back because water doesn't stay like water dries. Right. And then your hairs stick right back up. This stuff holds it down. I really like, it's like $9 88 cents. Maybe (laughs) such a buy. That's my buy of the week. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to mention was my U beauty comp lip compound. And honestly, I should probably give myself a little bit of like a lippy right now because I have not put any lip gloss on. And this stuff is just like velvet on your lips. It makes them plumper. I really love it. So she's cold down here. Hmm. Yeah. You guys can't hear it, but you can see it. I really love the applicator too. So these are my two products that are like my go-to right now, along with my little cuticle order oil. Those are probably my top three in my purse right now. Lip compound, hair stick, and my cuticle oil to go, which like don't mind my nails right now because some of them popped off. I got these peeling uh, stick nails and they're not sticking. All right. However, I still love them. So other than that, this week, we've kind of like come through an array of events this past week. I came back from Texas, which was so fun. I told you guys in the last episode or two episodes ago now, like I sometimes get nervous going to like events like this. I get a little stress. I actually talked about it in my YouTube too. You know, I'm like, are people going to like be nice? Like, I don't know. Like, am I going to vibe? I, you know, you get a lot of girls in one room. I was never in a sorority, but let me tell you, I wasn't for a reason. You know what I mean? Like a lot of girls sometimes scare me, right? However, I had such a fun time. I definitely made more friends. Like I've already known most of these girls, but I got to know them deeper and it was just really fun. We were super like vulnerable with each other. And it just kind of reminded me like we're all going through our own shit. And that's not to say like go on my photos and be like, oh, who's going through it? Like, it's not like that at all. It's just like, we're all stressed. We all have business stress. We all have life stress. We all have, you know, what are we going to do today? Or what am I going to do next year? Like we're all just going through life. We're all just lifing, you know? And so it was a like really nice reminder that we're all here to just like have a good time and we're not here for a long time, you know? So that I came back, right? Came back right back to changing shitty diapers in the morning. You know, like I came back Wyatt is still unable to walk. He's still in crutches. He will be off them soon. Thank God. However, I think that's going to be my birthday gift. And that's going to be my only birthday gift is him coming off crutches, which I'm not a bad about. So I came home, had to kind of jump back into like, you know, full mom and working mom mode. It was a hard start to the week. You guys know you could leave your house for 24 hours and you get back. You feel like a discombobulated mess. Like, I don't know if there's science behind it. I don't know why. It's just like I leave and no matter how long I'm gone, no matter when I come back, I'm still thrown off. Even if I go to Target for like a day, you guys know I have to travel for Target. So if I go to Target and come back, I'm already kind of like, okay, what do I do with the rest of my day? Like I just feel jumbled. So coming back, it was so hard to like snap back into regular life routine. Then Friday, I'm at, I'm I'm in bed at night. 
it's 11 p.m. Okay. And why it's like, hey, like, are you feeling okay? And I'm like, you know, I'm just like randomly feeling super nauseous right now. Like, I think that I need to just kind of like lay down. So it's like, okay. So I, I roll over to my stomach. So I'm a stomach sleeper piece and I fall asleep. All of a sudden I wake up. It's 1230. I look at the clock and I'm like, do I, do I need to shit my pants? Like what, what is going on? Like, you know, girls, we've talked about this. We all poop. Kim Kardashian poops, even on your worst day, you can remember Kim Kardashian has at one point been like hunched over the toilet, just waterfalls coming out. We've all had unsolid poops. This isn't a new discovery. Okay. So I'm like, am I going to like rain check this? Like what is going on? You know? So I go to the bathroom. I sit on the toilet. I'm going, okay, let me make that very clear. And all of a sudden I start to get hot. I get like PTSD talking about this because we all know that feeling when you start to get hot and then your mouth starts to water and you know the next step is something is coming up. And I'm, I don't really have a fear of like puke. I don't have a fear of puking like in terms of it coming out. I have, I hate the feeling, right? I mean, we all do like, it's not like I'm like puking, I'm like, oh yes, like puke, you know, like whatever. But I was fearful. So all of a sudden, I'm puking. Thankfully, I have the trash can. So I'm on the toilet, trash can and ass in the toilet. Like you guys know the vibe. We have all been there. And if you're someone who's like, "Mm, I haven't, you're lying or you were so blackout, you didn't know you did it. Okay, period. So all of a sudden I'm sick. I get up. I'm like, oh, cool. I feel like I feel better. You know, I brush my teeth. I go take the trash out because I had the trash can. Like I puked in the trash can, took the trash out. I'm feeling good. I lay down 20 minutes later. I'm up again. I'm like, oh shit. And from there, it was a full on like seven hour thing. I don't know if it was food poisoning. I don't know if it was like a mini flu, but I was on my ass all of Saturday, which sucked because I had planned to like do all these things. Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't do anything. So I got like the day off. I got the day off, but like not really. You know what I mean? Like I was so sick. I wouldn't want that day off again, but I did definitely catch up on some sleep, which was much needed. But again, it's not because I felt good. It's because I had to sleep or else I was like feeling like shit. So that was my Saturday and that was kind of my first week back. Mind you, when I was gone, the kids were throwing up and had to go to the doctor too. So it's like just a crazy amount of events the past week. So I come back, it's Sunday, the other day, I go to the gym, I'm feeling good. And then today I'm recording, it's Tuesday, I'm feeling good. We're vibing, we're vibing. The only thing I will say is like, I've been so busy the past week. I usually have like watches for you guys or I talk about like what's been on TV or what's been on my TV, what I've been watching. Literally haven't watched a fucking thing. The only thing I've been able to catch up on this past week is Cody Ko and Noel's videos. And you guys know I'm a TMG stan for life. And if you guys are like, well, what is Tiny Meat Gang? What is TMG? Go look them up. And I feel like my people are people that also love like Kelsey Kreppel, Cody Ko, Noel Miller. Like if that's your type of comedy or like your late night, like ha ha's, like we are friends, handshake, me and you, let's meet later for lunch. You know what I mean? Like that is the vibe. If I feel like if you vibe with them, we vibe together. Like, you know, so I have no watches for you guys. I know there's a new season of love and love is blind. I know there's some new episodes of MILF Manor, which like, oh my God, if you guys haven't caught up on MILF Manor again, Cody Ko covers this in his videos. It's the most tragic television of TLC I've ever fucking seen other than what's my other favorite? Well, Thousand Pound Sisters, which by the way, Amy's getting a divorce. Sad. She's also pregnant again or was pregnant again. Maybe she already had a baby regardless. Sad. And then um, Plathville. Oh, Plathville is my favorite messy TLC show that's like still okay to watch like MILF Manor's like literally fucked up to watch Plathville is like weird to watch but it's not like you know nothing's like weird or is it I don't know I'm still suspicious about the husband he's a little bit creepy so anyways no nothing else is new like I said love is blind I gotta catch up on that um my sister told me to watch something the other day too. It's like another love show on Netflix. And then I've been watching season two of White Lotus. I'm on episode maybe like three, but to be honest, like I'm not as pulled into this season yet. And maybe it's because there's no drama that's happened yet, but I feel like season one was just like amazing as of right now. Like I said, I'm not like too deep into it. So you guys will have to let me know if you've watched White Lotus season one and two. It is 
season one just like simply superior like is that really what we're gonna be at like is that really the standard because if so I feel like we just missed out like I'm I it really just set like the top of the standard and now we're like expecting more and we're never gonna get more which is sad so that's all I have for you in that in that respect now when it comes to like skincare corner our typical corner I have to say my skin has been shit lately skin has been not skinning And I've mentioned this for a few episodes now, but I'm going through these like hormones again from not breastfeeding. And it's like the worst. Like I understand why people just choose not to stop breastfeeding ever. Like there's some people who just like breastfeed till their kids are like five. And I totally understand now why they do it because it's like you don't want to go through those hormonal changes again. And that's where I feel like I'm at right now. My skin is rashing out. Like even my back acne is bad. And I only share that because I know that like some of you guys are probably like, oh man, I always have bad back acne. I always have. I had terrible chest acne, even like as a teenager. I think a lot of it had to do with just like athletics and wearing jerseys and you know, stuff like that. But regardless, I'm having terrible like back acne. So I've been using my Naturium skincare, 2% salicylic acid, um, like body wash, can't say it's been like super helping, but I am trying. And then when it comes to my face, I'm honestly just keeping everything the same. The only thing, and I'll like add this in skincare corner is the idea that number one, if you use a pimple patch, which I really love them, by the way, I've been loving pimple patches. Please make sure you are applying it to clear cleansed skin. You do not want to put a pimple patch over any type of serum or any type of like oil or any type of treatment, whatever it may be, because what's going to happen is you're going to trap that treatment underneath that patch and it's going to rash out, right? Because you're mixing that treatment with a higher dose of like salicylic acid that are typically in those patches. So all of a sudden there's virtually a chemical reaction happening under your skin. You're going to have a literal red ring or star, whatever your pimple patch looks like, and it's going to be embarrassing. So please make sure you're applying it to clear skin. If you continue your skincare after, what I usually do is like, see this honker I have right here. You might not. I put a little bit of like concealer over it. But if I have a pimple right here, I'm going to put it right there. And then the rest of my skincare, I'm just going to do around that and not come into contact. Okay. If there's one day where you put your vitamin C on only one side of your face, I promise your, your life isn't going to be gone wrong. If there's a day where you also just don't do your treatments, you just pop that pimple patch on, you put moisturizer and SPF around, you're also going to be fine. So that would be my biggest tip for you. And also if you're someone who has bad acne scarring or has and is prone to acne or like redness, blemishes, leftover acne marks, et cetera, Make sure you're utilizing a vitamin C. And if you can use a retinoid, use a retinol. Make sure that you're using things like salicylic acid. This is also going to brighten the skin. Um, Niacinamide. There's other really great ingredients that you can use to also brighten the skin and take away those dark, dark spots or red spots. So that would be my skin, skincare little like, you know, tip for you guys this week. I did get a really cool package from Pharmacy Beauty last week, as well as Tarte Cosmetics, literally got a package from Tarte Cosmetics. Isn't that insane? So I did put that in last week's video. Make sure that you go check out last week's video and, um, well, meaning like my YouTube video from last week. Sorry. I don't want it to get confused of like my YouTube and Brunch with Desby YouTube. So they're obviously both different things. Um, but I hope that you guys have had a really great week so far. Just filling you guys in. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a few weeks because we recorded with Katie and then I, I don't really you like usually do intros when I have guests. Like I'd rather just kind of like jump into that episode, you know, and again, I'm always here to get better. I'm always here to want to produce better for you guys, so to speak. So if you're watching this right now, or if you're listening, shoot me a DM, shoot me an email, comment on the YouTube video. When I have guests on, like, do you prefer to just jump right into the episode? Do you still want a small intro from me? Like, how do you personally like the flow of episodes? At the end of the day, you guys are the listeners and I want to continue to provide what you guys want. And I'm still like flying off the edge of my seat. Like, it's funny. People are like, wow, you've had your podcast for three years now. I'm like, yeah, I I still have no fucking clue what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So the last thing I will say is that it's April 2nd. And that means that my birthday is in four days, April 6th. I turned 28 years old. So next next week's episode, we're going to recap a little bit of like, you know, year 27 and vibes, stuff like that. However, this week I was like, it's a little bit too premature to talk about my birthday. However, it is my birthday week. 
which is nuts. I can't believe I'm going to be 28. That's crazy to me only because like when I was 25 or about to turn 25, that's when I found out I was pregnant with Maddox. So I found out I was pregnant with Maddox in March and then my birthday, I turned 25. Like, so I was 24 when I found out. Right. So it's just crazy to think like, wow, like it's really been like three years, like so much has happened and uh, it's just insane. Right. Even when we think back of like quarantine and all that stuff, I feel like that's kind of where like our new cycle in our mind goes to. It's not like, oh, I remember when I turned 20. It's like, no matter how old you were. Oh, I remember like, because it's this many years since COVID. Like that's kind of like our new benchmark, right? Like it's been this many years since COVID. It's been this many months since COVID or, oh, like back in COVID, it's just kind of like that benchmark of time. Does that make sense? So anyways, birthday's coming up. And like I said, it's, I'm 28. That's so, I mean, a lot of you guys are like, Des, I'm literally older than you. Some of you guys are like, wow, like I am younger than you. But no matter what, when we're here, when we're together, we're all on the same playing field. Like I hope that you feel as young as you want. I hope you feel as old as you want. I hope that you see me as just someone that is your friend, regardless of age. And that's what we're going to get into next week. However, like I said, this week, we're going to chat a little bit more about like fat loss and <laughs> trainer Des coming out. Last thing I will say, make sure you guys always read the description box, show notes, link in bio below. All the stuff is in there. If you have questions, links, joining my Facebook group, my free Facebook group, subscribing to the YouTube. If all of you guys just like subscribe to the Brunch with Desby YouTube, my day would be made. I need to get to 1,000 subs to monetize. And I know for damn sure there's more than 1,000 of you that listen. So I need you, I need you to step up today and go subscribe. Even if you're never going to watch, even if you don't even have a YouTube account, go make a YouTube account, watch Cody Co. watch Kelsey Kreppel, watch Noelle Miller, watch Brunch with Desby, or don't. Just go thumb it up. And then you can thumb up my personal YouTube video while you're at it. So period. Let's get into the episode. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I talk about BetterHelp a lot, seeing as that it's benefited me in the past two years. Some people think, you know, maybe, oh, things have to get really bad until you can go to therapy. You're like, I'm not depressed. Why do I need therapy? But really therapy is a tool to where you're using it before things were to get worse and to avoid being at your lowest low. I don't know about you, but why the fuck would you want to get to your lowest low before you climb out to the to the top again, right? BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on your camera. You don't have to wear pants. You don't even have to put on pajamas. You could be naked wherever you're at and do a therapy session with your therapist. So for me personally, I like to put my AirPods in. I'll walk around my desk room. I'll go for a walk outside when it's nice out, whatever it may be. And that's what works for me. It is customizable and it is more affordable than most in-person therapy. You can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. See why over 2 million, million, trillion people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And girls, don't forget to get on betterhelp.com slash Desby and put in that discount code. If you forget that, you do not get that 10% off your first month. And that is the deal with being a listener of Brunch with Desby. This is my first time in this chair and I'm kind of like, do I like it? Is it ugly? Is my backdrop ugly? Please be honest. Please be honest with me, okay? If you're watching, please tell me if my backdrop is on is ugly. Let's go ahead. We haven't done this in a while. Let's all take a few seconds. Let's just take a decompression. Big deep breath. You know. Let's take a sip of water. Let's do a little chug break. Mm. I'm not over this hydro drug. It's so cute. <laughs> okay, so fat loss 101. You're coming to me. You're coming to our six weeks to shreds challenge. And you're like, listen. I'm taking this shit seriously. I'm ready to lose this weight. I want to lose this much weight. The first absolute thing that I say to anyone or I like look at anyone and I think when they say, oh, I want to lose weight. First off, like how much? 
what is your realistic weight loss goal? Because when I ask how much, a lot of people will be like 20 pounds. I'm like, but okay, try again. And they're like 17 pounds. And I'm like, no, try again. So first and foremost, we have to get really clear and understand realistic weight loss. Now you're going to see people all over the internet losing weight. And maybe you want to be like them or you want to do what they did. But the reality is that maybe these people, number one, are lying to you about what they're eating. Number two, are on some form of like extra fat burner. Or number three, at this point in time, maybe they're fucking, maybe they're on Ozempic. Okay. Like I don't, I don't even understand the Ozempic hype right now, but a lot of people are on it that you would never even know. And that includes TikTokers that I've seen, like mom talkers who have come out and said that they're on, on it. And I'm like, what the fuck? I would have never known. So, First and foremost, when it comes to weight loss, you have to be realistic and understand that this is a you versus you. This whole journey, it doesn't even have to come to like weight loss, fat loss. This comes to any part of your journey, building muscle, losing weight, recomping your body, making more sustainable changes, habit changes, whatever it may be. It is you versus you. You can never go up against anyone else because you never know what they're doing. Even if you're like, well, but my best friend, but we're doing it together. What if you're, what if I'm not saying this, okay, but what if your best friend goes home and actually purges? What if your best friend goes home and does an extra hour of cardio and doesn't tell you? What if your best friend goes home and binges? What if you're, you know, like you never know what someone else is doing. I don't care how close you are to them. I don't care if they're your BFF. I don't care if they're your accountability partner. It doesn't matter. My point is it is you versus you. Okay. That is the first thing. Then we have to get clear on that realistic weight loss goal. Now, in most cases, and I'm speaking very broad in this whole episode, I want to make that very clear. Your journey is going to be so much different if we were to work with each other one-on-one. I could even have a 30-minute sit-down call with you and have a more bigger understanding of what you need versus just like right now speaking to the general public, okay? So take it I don't want to say take it worth a grain of salt. I'm going to give you a lot of education, but please make sure that you are applying it to you. Okay. Realistic body, like weight loss in a, in a week period, you're typically going to see maybe the scale fluctuate anywhere from 0.3 pounds up to like one, maybe you'll see a two pound loss, but we have to realize that we're also factoring in a lot of different changes for women, different hormonal parts of the cycle, different phases of the cycle, um, different digestion, different sleep, whatever it may be, right? If I'm working with someone who's a new mom and she's woken up four times during the night, her weight and her weigh-ins are going to look different than you who might be uh, someone else who's at fully rested eight hours you know, of non-interrupted sleep, right? There's so many different things. Maybe Uh, this person's hydrated, this person's not, this person's weight looks high, this person's isn't. So there's a lot of different factors that are going to go into that immediate idea of like what the scale says. So not only set a realistic weight loss amount and understand maybe taking it from an idea of erring around 0.5 pounds a week. So if you're like, okay, I want to cut for six weeks. All right. Well then you want to maybe err on the idea that you're going to lose 0.5 pounds per week. Do the math that's what your realistic weight loss goal could be, right? I say for anyone going into a typical six-week challenge with us as DBFT, if you walk in, you put in the work, you do your thing, you do what's realistic for you and sustainable for you, you could walk out with a five to seven pound weight loss in six weeks, okay? We got to realize we're taking and pulling from water first probably, right? Then we're getting better at just making better nutritional quality choices so that our digestion's getting better. There's like three pounds of itself, right? Eliminating a little bit of bloating from eating a lot of processed foods. Maybe you're eating a lot of McDonald's, which I don't care. Like, you know, everyone is different, but we're going to see that immediate weight loss come from just simply making smarter decisions with food. And then we're going to travel into the idea of maybe starting to lose fat, etc. The other thing we have to think of is like when we are eating, when we're eating food, um, our, our muscles are filling up with that food, right? Our, our think of our muscles kind of like the cookie monster. And it's like, nom, 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 nom. Like you just ate food and I'm going to eat it up. That's why when we are eating or bulking or we've ate food in general, we tend to look a little bit fuller, right? Some people would call that bloat. And I think sometimes they get it a little bit confused with the idea that their muscles are filling. We are not meant to walk around all day looking depleted. 
The only time that you're ever going to probably look like that is if you are balls deep in a prep or you're very, very low in a weight loss phase and you're not intaking a lot of calories, AKA a lot of food. So that volume of food is decreased. The volume and the look of our body is a little bit decreased and it's probably going to be harder to quote, find a pump, right? You might not feel a pump in the gym. So this is why nutritional planning of meal timing is also very important. When it comes to going back to that second step, right, is making sure that we're understanding what's realistic for us, having an idea of weight loss, and then attacking it. If you want to be in a weight loss mode, you can do it as prolonged as you want or as short as you want. If you want to go a little bit more fast and the furious, you can most definitely do a little bit of a faster, more aggressive cut, right? Maybe it's more of like a six week cut. Like for example, a challenge you can, you can push those buttons a little bit faster because you're going to let up a little bit faster. Right. But if you're someone who you kind of want to go for longevity, you want to take it nice. You want to take it slow. Um, you, you have other shit on your plate. You can't just commit it all to, you know, a six week do or die type of vibe. Then you can definitely go slower and work that out over a longer stretch of time. The only benefit is going to be when you're doing it slower, you're typically not going to just like wreak havoc on your metabolism, your hormones. You're not going to disrupt anything in your body. Sometimes when we're doing it really, really fast, we could pull out too much. And that's where most people kind of like trip up is when they're doing it themselves. All of a sudden they've ended up, you know, pulling out way too many calories. And again, they wreak havoc in the complete opposite way. So no matter whether you do like a fast and furious approach or a long and steady approach, you're still going to want to make sure that you are very much complying with the idea that you need to take care of your health first. No amount of fat loss or time for a fat loss is worth your health, minimizing the ability for your metabolism to work at its highest effect. That is why I really always encourage a lot of people to work with a coach, whether it's a coach challenge, whether it's one of our coaches at DBFT, even if it's just for one cycle, one experience, just to really understand and get nitty gritty into the education and understanding of your body. So first step, we're getting clear of our goal of weight loss. Number two, we're making sure that that weight loss goal is realistic. And then number three, we're starting to execute that. So Des, where do I start when it comes to like macros or calories or whatever? Here's what you're going to do. I want you to, for say like five, six days, seven days, maybe a week, I want you to track what you're eating. Now, what if you're like, well, Des, I don't really want to track. I understand, but you're gonna have to track something if weight loss is your goal. Can you do weight loss without tracking anything? Like if you know your body well enough, if you understand food, you understand nutrition, you, you know your hunger. Yes. But I would then be a little worried that you would be then purposely like under eating and then that's when you're really going to tank your metabolism. So for example, um, these people on Ozempic right now, what is Ozempic? From what I understand is to put it very layman's term, it's a, it's a meal slash hunger suppressant. It's a hunger suppressant. So what people are doing is they're taking Ozempic and they're virtually just like not eating and they're losing weight. That's great. But guess what they're also doing? Their body is now getting used to the idea of, oh, we only eat 1,200 calories a day to operate? Cool. So when these people go off of Ozempic, they're then going to look at their meals, their daily meals. They're going to go back to eating whatever they you know want to eat because their hunger is back, et cetera, and their body's going to gain weight because it's going to be like, but but wait, our metabolism, our set balance, uh, where, where we're set on the thermostat is at 1200 calories. You're eating 1500 calories. Now we, we need to gain fat. We need to gain fat. We're overeating. Okay. So that's why it's very important to make sure that we are realizing where we are eating in the first place and why tracking your food is probably going to be pretty important in a weight loss phase. If you don't want to track all your food, I think guesstimating is still better than nothing. Estimating is better than nothing, period. However, if you're someone, maybe you just want to like track protein and then maybe the rest you are comfortable just like tracking calories. That's okay. Again, you're going to get the most results to be very just straight up out of tracking everything you're eating. You are. It's meticulous. It's annoying. But that is why it's one of those like scenarios where it's like, in order to get something you've never had, you must do something you've never done. 
And that is exactly how it is with fat loss, how it is with weight loss, how it is with body transformation, strength gain, whatever the transformation needs to be, or like whatever, even in life, right? If you want the promotion or, you know, this could go for anything, you have to do something that you've never done. And so for a lot of people to get out of their comfort zone and have to track your food and have to say no to certain things or, you know, whatever it may be, those are sometimes things that do need to occur, right? So when it comes to tracking, I want you to take five to upwards of seven days. I want you to track everything you're eating. Don't go out of your way to make these healthy decisions. I want you to eat exactly how you would eat today without knowing what you're eating. So if you're someone who you're like every day you go through McDonald's and you get a McDouble and a medium fry with a water, I, I need you to track that. And here's why. When you take that food for the week, I want you to then write it down into a little bit of like a tracker. I want you to put it on a piece of paper and I want you to write out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, all the way to Saturday. And I want you to write down all the calories that you ate and then your protein, your carbs, your fats. And if you can, how much fiber did you eat? Okay. Fiber goal for a typical woman is going to be 20 to 25 grams, a little bit over. You're not going to die a little bit under. You're not going to die, but sweet spot, say 20 to 25 grams. My point is, though, when we're seeing these average calories laid out for the week, we can kind of look and go, okay, I had 2,000 calories this day. I had 1,600 calories this day. I had 1,200 this day. I had 2,000 again this day, 2,000 again this way. What's my average? So then all of a sudden, you take your weight. So I should also mention, maybe take your weight at the beginning of the week. And if you can weigh in maybe three, four times a week in that week, if you can weigh yourself seven days a week and like that doesn't bother you mentally, please do it only because you can see these natural fluctuations that are going to occur. You can go, oh, wow, weird. I hit legs that day and I ate 2000 calories and then my weight actually went down the next day. Oh, cool. You know, you can kind of start to see these trends of how your body reacts to certain intakes, certain outputs, okay, like workouts and stuff and recovery, all of those things combined. Now, once we see all of these in like this little mini spreadsheet that we have on just a simple piece of paper, we now have an idea of, okay, here's where I can start eating to maintain where I'm at. Take the averages of your fats, your carbs, your protein, and that's around what you've been eating, right? So all of a sudden you're looking, you're like, okay, I've been eating 90 protein. I've been eating 300 grams of carbs and 100 grams of fat. You're like, okay, well, here's how I'm going to switch it up. And again, sometimes you just have to shoot in the dark and then monitor how you feel. So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do... 115 grams of protein. I'm going to bring this down to 250 carb, and then I'm going to bring my fat down to 75 fats. All of a sudden, on average, there's hundreds of calories that you just brought down. You very much might as well be in a deficit already because your food has been, you know, over 2000 calories on average through that first week. Now, this is just like a very rough way to start, okay? I'm not telling you that you're going to like put yourself on these macros and all of a sudden you're going to see a weight loss of like five pounds in one week. Maybe you will because you're eating less. Maybe you won't. But that's the point of just finding a base place to start. So the best thing is going to be tracking your food for a week, tracking your protein, tracking your calories, and then going, oh, okay, on average I'm eating this or Hey, on Tuesdays, I noticed my my calories are really high. These are the days that I usually eat out to eat during lunch. So maybe those are the days I need to focus on really making sure that I meal prep uh, a meal for the night before, whatever it may be. Writing stuff down and seeing it and then putting into your, like putting it into your mind of like, oh, like, so that's what happens on Tuesdays. Oh, so that's what happens on Fridays when I have to pick up the kids from school. Okay, maybe I'll do this instead. You start to get an idea in like this screenshot of what small little things you could put in to like your night routine or your day routine that could really enhance the opportunity for your fitness journey and your wellness journey and your health to go up and progress without putting in that much work, right? It's just, you're able to see the data. And I don't know if you guys are data people. I'm, I am, but also like not, I'm not a math person, but I like to see stats. So for me, seeing these things from my clients and seeing how they're feeling and then having an idea of like, how are they sleeping? How's their water intake? How's their mood, their energy, et cetera. This gives me an idea of how their food is reacting with them and how they're doing with that, right? So after the first week, you have these base macros that you're going to try to hit, right? Maybe, again, maybe we forget about the fats and the carbs and we just look at the protein and then we factor out some average calories to hit per day, whatever feels right for you. So we go into this first week. I want you to weigh yourself again as often as we feel. The more we can see natural fluctuations occur, 
and be comfortable with that and know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buffer two pounds during my cycle. I'm during my period, I gained five pounds or, you know, oh, when I hit legs, I seem to see my weight go up a little bit. The more we can like look at the scale and just go like, Hey scale, thank you so much for the analytics. You do not define me, but thank you for allowing me to understand what my body could be doing. That's the mindset that we want with the scale. If you're not there yet, you don't have to be. And I totally understand, but we need some form of read during the week. Now, this first week, you can also take a minute to take measurements. This is really helpful. I will link a measuring scale and a scale for like body fat and stuff below. These are what I use in all my challenges and always highly recommend to all of my clients. They work super well and they all go onto one app. It's very, very convenient. Taking measurements. Most people are going to take measurements always on the right side of the body. Now, when I take my measurements, I take them on the right and the left side. But if you're someone who just wants to take a one-stop shop, right side of your body is pretty standard. Don't ask me why. It's just something I learned in school and something that everyone does. It's the right side of the body. It stays consistent. You can do bicep, you can do thigh, you can do hip, you can do buttocks, you can do bust, you can do waist, etc. As many as you want. But the point is, is that you can kind of have a few different types of measuring tools, the scale, measurements, progress photos to really start to see, okay, what is my body doing? Am I reacting well? Am I feeling well? Am I losing weight? Am I gaining weight? Am I just staying the same? Like, what does that look like? It might take a few weeks for you to take a few jabs at different macros, but protein is typically always going to stay about the same. Now, protein is, is a little bit of a gamble nowadays because What we used to do and what most people still do, and even I still do, I usually take about one pound per body weight of protein. So I'm about 140 pounds. I usually stay within 120 to 140 protein, okay? Other people will argue, um, which is also true, it very much depends on person, that they would take 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per kilogram, of body weight. Okay. So then my kilogram of body weight would be about 70. I'll tell you what, I'm doing a little bit more than 70 grams of protein. Okay. So it's very much a little bit of like a give or take, depending on your situation, your adherence for protein. Um, you know, are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? Do you eat meat? Do you not? Etc. For the most part though, I would err on anywhere from 0.7 to one gram per pound of body weight. And again, if you start to do it and you're like, Ooh, this isn't like really sitting well with me. I'm noticing a little bit of digestive upset. Feel free to bring it down. These are always able to be manipulated and changed, which is so important to remember. I'm not asking you, no one's ever asking you to stay to the same macros for the rest of your life. You always need to be reevaluating as your days change, activity changes, output changes, maybe your job change. Therefore, maybe you sit in a desk more, you used to walk around, you know, whatever it may be. Things are always changing. So we need to make sure that we're adapting those macros along with it. So step one, you know, we're realistic weight loss goal. Step two, we're starting to have the idea of how much we're eating per week. Step three, we just start tracking. Okay. So we're tracking our macros or we're tracking those calories and that protein, whatever it may be. I have clients that do an array of everything. Okay. Take those food logs after that first week, look at it, look at that quality of food. You know, are you 80, 20 in it? Are you 80, 20 in Are 80% of your food pretty much highly nutritional, 20%, maybe, you know, you see your little like fun foods, if we want to call it that. And I hate using that word because all food is fun food. All food is fuel. It doesn't matter, but obviously nutritional elements of some foods are going to be greater than the other. There's no denying that. So are you 80, 20 it? Now I don't think you need to like live or die by the 80, 20, but I think it's a good rule of thumb to kind of look through your food logs and going, okay, where is most of my calories coming from? Is it coming from my ice cream that I just really want every single night? Or is it coming from my protein, my egg whites in the morning, my oatmeal, um, maybe my rice and my chicken at lunch, whatever it may be. Right? So look at that first, then going into that second week, going into that third week, you can start to make small adjustments. Typically protein will stay about the same. You don't really ever have to fuck with your protein, which is good. What we're manipulating is typically always going to be carbs and fats. This can be manipulated in a variety of ways. You can, you know, you can take away 10 grams of carbs and take away five grams of fat, or you can start carb cycling. There's so many different ways that you can play around. But the idea of going into a deficit is that your activity is going to go up and your calories are going to go down. So activity going up after that first week, we establish a baseline. We have an idea. 
Now we're going to start implementing that cardio or continue to add to it. If you're already coming into a cut and you've been doing 40 minutes of cardio, you've been doing 25 you know, Peloton rides per month, you know, you're on the bike every single day or you're doing runs every day, whatever, you need to really evaluate that output because it could be affecting the amount of food that you're eating. Sometimes it's better to almost pull back cardio and keep calories the same, um, but continue to eliminate that output so that we can start to dig deeper into a deficit and understand where we need to go with the cardio. If you're someone who you're just starting into a cut and you're like, I haven't really been doing any cardio, I'm ready to jump on. My biggest piece of advice for anyone is always just start small. Okay. Start with something that you're going to understand if you're seeing changes or not. Maybe three, three to five sessions of 10 to 12 minutes, pretty high intensity. You know, you're, you're walking off. You're kind of like, okay, like I'm ready to work out. That's kind of like the RPE I want you at. Maybe like a seven out of 10, you know, you're kind of like, ooh, okay, I'm sweating, I'm ready to go. Maybe it's a hard, intense 12 minutes on a Stairmaster. Maybe it's a 12 minute run. Whatever kind of gets that blood flowing. Anything under 20 minutes, in my opinion, unless you are an Olympic athlete, you could easily do pre or post workout. You're not going to see a huge change if you do 20 minutes of cardio before leg day. You're, you're just not, okay? Now, if you're like running and you're like completely gassed, you're doing hit sprints before legs, sure, we'll talk about that. But if you're someone who typically just like walks on a treadmill, walks on an incliner, does a little bit of a Stairmaster, within 20 minutes, 15 minutes before a leg day, it's not going to burn you out in the way it would like you know, change up a power lifter or an Olympic athlete who's like competing. So if you want to do that cardio, feel free, do that small amount of cardio. And then as again, we start to progress in our deficit, meaning we start to eliminate calories, we can start to increase our output. So maybe when you drop calories, you know, you stay at that 10 to 15 minutes. And then the next week you notice that you lost a little bit of weight. So you're like, okay, cool. I want to keep going instead of touching my macros this week, because obviously my body's working for me. I'm just going to go ahead and add five minutes to my cardio. Okay, great. Maybe the next week you're again, your body's working for you. You don't touch your macros at all, but the next week you're like, you know what? I'm going to add one hit session in cool. The rest stays the same. And then maybe you do one hit session of eight intervals, 30 seconds on 20 seconds off, and then you're done, right? Whatever that looks like for you. Again, there's so many different factors that I cannot, I'm not making a plan for you. Whoever is listening. I'm simply just giving you a little bit of advice to kind of reevaluate your current situation and go, Oh, like I'm currently doing that. So maybe I should do that instead. So once you're done, with cardio, again, a lot of this is just going to be rolling the dice. You're having fun. You're playing around with it. The last thing we need you to do, though, is get to the point where you're like three weeks, three weeks into a cut and you're doing 45 minutes of cardio already. That is not how it should be. The other thing I want to make sure that I do touch on is if you are seeing progress being made and you aren't even I don't want to say like you aren't even trying, but like you haven't changed your macros, then don't don't change your macros. If it's working for you, let it work for you. If your body's working for you, let it work for you. You do not need to change macros every week. You don't need to change cardio every week. You don't need to change anything every week. Whatever feels good for you and your body is thriving off of, keep it the same. Do not break what's not broken. I've been through multiple cuts myself where we only adjusted macros like three times. I think in my whole cut, when I went pro, we adjusted my macros four times. Four times in 16 total weeks, I adjusted my macros. The one thing that we did adjust though here and there was my cardio output, right? So by the time you're adding in this idea of like how much you're expending in the gym, how much maybe you're expending at work or not expending at work, you need to make sure that you know that you're going to have an idea of how much you're burning. Now, when it comes to things like this, our Apple watches, our whoops, our whatever, whatever fitness tracker you're using, Fitbit. It's important to use them as a guidance, but not a ride or die. Okay. Whoop is pretty much the best fitness tracker that you can have in terms of like overall health statistics, but I'm not going to live or die by it. However, I am going to use it as some guidance. Okay. Understanding maybe where my recover is, recovery is seeing where my sleep is, noticing my strain, different things that the watch calculates that Apple watches don't. But I don't need you liver dying by this idea of like, oh, I need to burn 750 calories today. I need to hit 12,000 steps, whatever it may be. That's when we get overly meticulous and you just like fun suck the hell out of it. Okay. It's not healthy. It's not fun. Now, do you need to be restricting in, you know, some cases? Uh, do you need to 
say no to things, you know, to achieve weight loss, et cetera. Like, yes, you know, you do. There is no such thing as like a fun weight loss journey, a fun shredding season. It should be fun because you should be mentally there to be like, this is fun. I'm challenging myself, but it's not fun because it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be shredded. You know what I mean? Like if, if it was easy, everyone would be up in that bikini with a little bit of abs, a little bit of, you know, that deep V, whatever it may, whatever it may have you, right? Like it's just, it's not easy. And in order to do something that you've never had, you have to do something that you've never done, right? We'll go back to that every single time. So when it comes to food, when it comes to this idea of calories and you're starting to get into this deficit, you notice yourself getting hungry, not shocked. Number one, make sure you're staying hydrated. That is the first and foremost thing. Hydration can also come from different things. You don't just need to be drinking clear water. If you want to add some crystal light to your water, if you want to do a sparkling water, if you want to do a Powerade Zero, Gatorade Zero, if you want to do whatever it may be, go for it. That is still technically water intake. Like if that first ingredient is water, babe, it's pretty much water, okay? You're still getting that liquid intake. Now, when it comes to hunger though, like I said, first day hydrated, obviously, but number two, you need to start thinking about more of your macro money and how you're spending it. So when you have these macros, you have to think of like every macro is like a dollar, right? So it's like, what do I want to spend my money on for that meal? Do I want to spend $20 on 20 grams of ice cream? Like, let's just call it that, right? Or do I want to spend my $20 on 20 grams um, of carbs that are going to come from carrots, which may keep us fuller longer, right? So we, we got to think of like volume. Um, it, think of it this way too. We have we have two cucumbers versus one little fun size Snickers, right? It's like, you know, when they're like, oh, same calories, but like, or same calories, different foods, like whatever. You're going to want to aim for more volume foods. This is definitely going to help you with the idea of hunger because let's be honest, when you get into a deficit, your body is starving. You're, you're starving your body to lose fat in the idea and the hope that you will then reverse diet out of it, refeed it, etc. That's also why refeeds are so important in a weight loss journey. So once we are past the point of, you know, we're, we're kind of rolling, we're a few weeks in, we're starting to see some progress. We're feeling good. We've, we took those first progress photos in the beginning. Now it's time to retake those photos. I would highly recommend taking photos, you know, two, I would say three weeks. You do not need to take photos every day. You do not need to take photos every week. I used to have my clients take photos every week. Cause it was just, it was normal. Every coach has weekly check-ins, you know, you have weekly photos And it came to my attention as I've continued to see and worked with so many women, they would ask me to nitpick their weekly photos. Like, do you notice like my core in the first week versus week two? And it's like, nothing changed, you know? And that's, that's not to bash the client. That's, that's the idea that that's the mind trick that our, our, our brain plays on us when we start picking apart our photos week to week. So having different photos from two to three weeks, or even I would even say once a month, that's going to do you a lot more good and allow you to focus more on those non-scale victories, those non-photo victories of, you know, hey, I bench press more. Hey, I was able to run a mile without passing out. Um, I was able to walk longer than I ever have. I was able to, you know, whatever it may be. Those are the type of victories we want to focus on during the week. So that would be that. So we're adding cardio, we're a week in, we're, or I'm sorry, we're a month in, we're feeling good, we're vibing, we're continuing to bring down those calories as we're increasing our output. This can last from anywhere from 6, 8, 12, 16 weeks. I don't like to keep people in cuts for longer than 24 weeks. That's a, that's a pretty fucking long time, you know, like 24 weeks is a long time, but that would be like my very slow, my very steady fat loss clients. I would then also make sure, you know, in between those, we're maybe having diet breaks. We're having a week where we're kind of popping into uh, more of a maintenance level. I wouldn't necessarily say a surplus, but we're at a maintenance level or we're taking refeeds every week. So we have one day where we're refeeding the body exactly what it sounds like. We're giving it more food. We're allowing it to refuel to take us through another week. So there's different tactics that you can add in. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing idea of, okay, well, I'm in a fat loss phase, so I can't eat anything else for six weeks, or I, I can't have any sugar, and I can't have any blah, 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 whatever the latest trend is, right? It doesn't have to be like that at all. Um, it's just the idea that you want to make sure you're not introducing those things too early or also too often, um, because you will then draw out the process of your fat loss phase, right? So there's so many different ways that you can kind of go about fat loss. There's different ways that you can tailor fat loss to you, 
there's different timelines you can be on, but make sure that you're staying hydrated. You're eating those whole nutritional dense foods. You're eating volume foods. You're having maybe one salad every day. What's your go-to salad? And make sure that you're also meal timing. And this is the most important part and the last part that I'm going to hit on hard. When you are in a deficit and you already are having a lower amount of food, the last thing that you want to do is spend that money, call it like our food money, right? On times that we're not super active. So think of when you need your most energy in your day. Probably right when you wake up, which is why breakfast is the most important meal. And then number two, probably when you are about to go work out. And then probably, okay, yes, when you are done working out and you need to refuel. So when we think of meal timing, we need to think of having the most adequate intake for that breakfast, having a nice little solid meal, and then having our biggest meals around pre and post-workout. Pre and post-workout are typically going to be like a nice, you know, say like on average 20 grams of protein, but then we're going to see a little bit of a higher amount of carbs present there a little bit lower fat. So the best thing you can do is take your macros that you're on, divide them by the amount of meals that you want per day. Okay. Um, and then be able to have those divided up with like, okay, so approximately every meal is going to be 20 grams of protein, 120 grams of carb, like whatever it may be, right. I'm just throwing numbers out there, but it can help you kind of break down what that meal is going to look like for the day. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, but Des, like I usually wake up really early and go work out. I hear you and I understand. If it's an upper body day for me personally and I'm going working out, I'm not really going fasted, but I'm going with just something quick. I have a rice cake with a little bit of peanut butter on it. I have um, a banana. I have a granola bar. I have something that's going to get me a little bit of substance for upper body day. If it's leg day, that's a little bit different because leg days are such a big muscle group. And typically we're doing pretty high level compound movements that are a little bit harder to zombie through. And we need a little bit more energy. So I want you to make sure that maybe you're making a little bit of like a breakfast sandwich. You're getting up a little bit earlier, 45 minutes before we're heading to the gym or before we arrive. And we're having like a little muffin with some egg whites or with a whole egg or whatever it may be. We do need a little bit more substance for that just to make sure we're getting the most out of our workout. Then post-workout, we're having that really big meal. The rest of the day, you can then focus on a little bit more lower calorie meals. Maybe you're having one salad that you love per day, like I mentioned, or you have your chicken with like your favorite vegetable medley, whatever it may be. You don't have to then have this like high amounts of carbs during the day, since we're going to format that around our morning workout. Now, if you're someone who now you're like, okay, well, thanks for that Des, but what about me? I like dessert at night. I hear you. I do too. And it was really hard for me during prep. But the one thing that I always made sure I did was pre-track a little snack at night. What did that look like for me? Typically I did like a skinny cow ice cream sandwich. Again, this is years ago, right? But I would do a skinny cow ice cream sandwich and I would make protein ice cream. I would mix it together. So it was like I had real ice cream with this like protein ice cream. It was super good. I loved it. And honestly, I would probably eat it again if I had time to make it. But it's always about pre-tracking and you can always have something in your meals that is like exciting for you or something that you look forward to. Um, I don't really have a lot of like super, you know, macro friendly, like nighttime snacks, you know, whatever right now, like at the top of my brain. But if I'm thinking about those, um, as I'm going through the week, I'll try to throw some up on the brunch with Desby Instagram, just so you guys can see, um, some tips and tricks, or maybe like really nice low calorie meal swaps that you guys can make. So at the end of the day, when you are in a fat loss phase, calories matter, calories matter. And it sucks because it's, it's something that's really hard for me to like say, because I understand how hard it is for some people to be in fat loss phases, or it can be really triggering to them. Um, or, you know, they they're scared to be in one again because of a bad experience they had before. So I understand the fear that comes with that. But I want you to know that like, if you are someone that wants to get in a fat loss phase and you want to see those results, DBFT is where you need to be. Okay. We will not make it scary for you. We will guide you along the way. And we're not going to put you in a position where you're going to suffer later. The goal is to make changes that are sustainable, changes that are going to lead you through life. And I'll end with this being my biggest issue with 75 hard and why I'm so passionate about what we do at DBFT and how I operate my challenges. 75 hard is a mental toughness program. And everyone's going to say that, oh, well, it's more than physical. It's mental. Okay, that's really fucking cool, but guess what? So are my challenges. My challenges are just as much of a mental challenge. You do not need to do 75 hard to prove anything to anyone. Like if you don't have the mental toughness for 75 hard, it doesn't make you weak. 
And, and I think that's what bothers me so much is these people get on this pedestal of like, well, I completed it. So like, I'm stronger than you. It's like, yeah, probably fucking not. Like you're probably just a psycho. And I, I say that lightly. I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't mean to like make that a, a big controversy. It's not like that. It, that was fucking comedy. That's a joke. But it's like, just allow people to find their own vice where it is. And I'm not going to knock people that do 75 hard. If you do it and it, again, it worked for you. Fuck yeah. Like honestly, fuck yeah, go off. But if you're someone where you look at that community and you kind of feel like a little shunned, like you're like, oh, like I don't think I'd ever be good enough for that. You know, I don't think I'm strong enough for that. That's exactly the problem I have with like the mentality it cultivates is like it shouldn't make you or me feel lesser because we we don't choose to do it. You know, I had someone mention like, well, who are you to say it? Like if you you haven't even done it. It's like, yeah, I can guarantee you I've done harder shit than 75 hard. I simply don't feel like doing 75 fucking hard and I don't need to do it to prove that I am a mentally strong person or, you know, whatever it may be. So it's like, I want you to still find so much passion and confidence in DBFT and in six weeks to shreds, in six weeks to slay, whatever challenge and go, fuck yeah, I did that. I'm strong. I am strong too, whatever it may be. It doesn't need to be this like, it doesn't need to be this, you know, butting heads of like, who's stronger, 75 hard or DBFT. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. It's just knowing that no matter what you choose to do and how you choose to attack it, you are strong in your own way and you do not need to minimize that just because you choose not to partake in something or fuck, maybe you're scared to do it. Like you're like, I don't think that would be healthy for me or I don't, you know, whatever, maybe fuck. Yeah. Then like, again, go off. Like you should not be ashamed to say that's not for me. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you're a pussy. Like it doesn't for, for you to be like, yeah, that's just, I'm not doing it. It's not because it doesn't necessarily mean because you don't think you could do it. It's like you just simply don't want to. And that's also 100% okay. So if you're someone who's, you know, you've done 75 hard or you've tried um, and you failed, and I say that lightly too, because you never fail, you learn, but maybe you didn't like it or maybe you did it and then you fell off and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, I'm, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm not meant for anything. I can't commit to anything. I can't, you know, whatever, because that's how it makes you feel. Then again, join my challenge. Join us this week have the education, you know, that this podcast episode, yeah, yeah, that's great. You guys got a lot of tidbits of information. I've put a lot of stuff about fat loss up over the past couple years. I hope that you were able to gather some really good little tidbits this episode, but come into the challenge, experience fat loss education, experience a, a camaraderie of people all going for a general balance of fitness, not making it their whole life. I'm not digesting fitness. I'm not shitting out, you know, protein powder every single day. How can we merge this into our real life? And I think that's what's so powerful to me and what I'm so passionate about is merging reality with transformation. You know what I mean? Like how can you maintain what you always do and and yes, elevate yourself, but how can we still transform and make it work for you? And that's what DBFT is about. And that's what I'm passionate about. So I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I hope you feel confident to come in and tackle six weeks to shreds with us. I hope you're open to a fat loss phase or, or when that time comes for you, you know, now where you can go and where you can kind of write some stuff down and how to start. We also have six weeks to strength which I will then follow up another episode here in the future about body recomp, how to get into a strength mode, how to, how to go sicko mode on these bitches, right? How to go, how to go full on X games mode. How do we gain muscle, et cetera? And, and that's what we can continue to chat about here. But I wanted to take today specifically with spring coming and, you know, bikinis are on the way and spring break or just summer vacations coming up. Maybe you have a wedding this summer. You have a wedding at the end of the year, whatever it may be, you know, I want you to make sure that you feel secure in yourself um, and feel confident in the education you have to perform a fat loss phase really efficiently. And that's what I'm here to do. And that's what all of our coaches are here to do. So six weeks of shreds, six weeks you have at home, at gym, pregnancy, postpartum modifications, all built into the app, exercise demonstrations. You have full sets, reps, notes, tips, everything that you need to complete a workout. You feel 100% confident in. We have built-in warmups. You also have no question what to do when you walk in the gym. We have meal plans. We have eBooks. We have coaches, live calls every single week with different topics. We have literally everything that you would need in a challenge 
without the restriction, without that having to do no rest days, without, you know, having to read books. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't mean to like roast this shit, but it's like, come on, like just join the challenge with no expectation. Just show up and be your best self and join the community that will totally take you in to do that alongside of you. So very excited. We're open six weeks to shreds today till Friday. Please do not miss out. This is our best challenge of the year. We even have like the neon colors, the butterflies, the nostalgic vibes. It's always the best challenge. It's the most fun. Um, and I'm really excited to hopefully have some of you guys there that are brand new. So if you like today's episode, make sure you let me know, make sure you rate review, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, hit the bell for the notifications of videos every Sunday. I've been uploading around 9 a.m. EST. It's just been flowing really well. So let me know. Go comment on the YouTube video. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Super excited for next week. I will be coming to you as a 28 year old. I'm literally going to be two years away from 30, bitch. That is fucking terrifying to say out loud. But I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next Sunday. That's all for this episode of Brunch with Des B. I hope you enjoyed hanging out, laughing, or maybe even crying with me today because let's be honest, you never know what you'll get here. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, share with your family and friends, or even just to social media and tag me in it so I can share. Love you guys.